0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Quarters, security condition three. GQ security three, sir. General quarters three, intruder alert. GQ three,
2: intruder alert. Hey, good evening. Welcome once again to Madame Perry's salon. I am your host, Groove Mistress and Cruise Director, Madame Perry, also known as Jennifer Perry or or Jennifer Modette, J. Mod. Thank you so much. Hey, you know, I was telling you, uh, Sunday night, we had a special edition, because we don't usually broadcast Sundays, especially not uh, at 9 o'clock, but we had a special edition Sunday night, and it's gotten a lot of listens, a lot of downloads and comments. It was, uh, the guest was Anthony J. Sharp. He's a musician and actor. Uh, he's done a lot of TV, and he's done film. But most people in America know him from the series Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Uh, which takes place in, the series takes place in Australia in the 1920s, you know, the roaring 20s when, um, you know, people were loose and having a good time. And uh, he plays Cecil, uh, one of the uh, cab drivers that Miss Fisher hires him and his uh, friend to Help her solve murder. She's a lady detective. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and he's going to be coming back soon because we just didn't get to finish. Uh, also, recently, uh, don't forget, Kazem Sultan is uh, still on tour. He was on recently, but, you know, he just finished the tour with Todd Rundgren, Shiver Rock, and, or for the White Knight tour. And um, then <laughs> after the Todd show, uh, we were – we were hanging out, and he showed me his calendar on his phone. He goes, okay, let's see. And then uh, I'll be back in Atlanta on the 23rd of July with uh, Don Felder. So um, he's busy. So if you're if – you're, it's the REO Speedwagon and Sticks tour, but it has Don Felder, and Chasm is playing bass for that. But he also – his solo uh, album It's called Bootleg. This, I think, is his fourth solo release, but his solo is called Bootleg. Get that. Also, we had uh, two things I want to mention about recent guests. Denny Tedesco, whose dad Tommy Tedesco was one of the Wrecking Crew, you know, the musicians from the fifties, sixties and seventies that pretty much there were studio musicians in LA that pretty much did everything you've ever heard uh for other people, like Pet Sounds, uh they pay for the Association, Frank Sinatra. And so you might have thought it was some other band, but it's actually Carol Kay and <laughs> Hal Blaine and Earl Palmer and those folks. But we he was talking about the Wrecking Crew documentary and it's still available. Just go to Wrecking Crew Film. WreckingCrewFilm.com, and check that out if you want to get a copy of it. And Joe Vitale, drummer, uh, he was on too, right, I think just the week after Denny Tedesco. Joe Vitale has played for years with people like Ted Nugent, uh, mostly with Joe Walsh. He's mainly a Jay Walsh guy. And I did not realize that he played the drummer in the band, Ricky and the Flash, Meryl Streep, uh, but his book, It's great. It's all kind of backstage stories. Some of the stories he told about being on the road with Joe Walsh and some of the little tricks they used to play. I guess when you get so bored. um, I'm not going to say that they were defacing art in hotels. Fancy art. But I think they just added their own touch to it. But Get that. Joe Vitale is great. And coming up soon, this this is going to be all-star stuff. Tomorrow night, Bruce Sedano, singer-songwriter he's written hits for. So many people. Uh, Jackson's Jackson Five, Jacksons, uh, Reba McIntyre, Dolly Parton, and also his late wife Donna Summer. He wrote several songs for her. The next night, Thursday, we've got David Fishoff. You don't know who David Fishoff is? I'm going to tell you right now. He's for been a long time agent, uh, entertainment and sports agent. He has produced several uh, TV shows, tours like the uh, Ringo Starr All Star Band tours. Uh, he created a couple of shows on VH1. And he's also the – oh would say he created the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. It's been going for a few years now. And that is where, you know, you pay, you go, and actual musicians that you've been listening to and been a fan of for years are going to play with you. They're going to coach you. Um, he's going to be talking about the one coming up in September, which is uh, – I think it's called Hell Bent for Hollywood is the theme – the main band is going to be Judas Priest, but also uh, Rudy Sarzo. Remember Rudy, our friend who's been on here before, uh, who was with Quiet Riot and Ozzy, uh, his brother Robert Sarzo, and several other musicians are going to be there. So we're looking forward to that. And the next week, Julie Slick, bassist uh, and composer. I saw her. I met her after the Adrian Ballou show. She plays in the Adrian Belu. Ballou- power trio so we've got so much fun coming up and so much great and listen tonight most of you listening in tonight already know what's coming up and you're already excited this is a band uh, uh well may not get the whole band in here because madam perry's salon's like a little genie bottle but i think i'll get at least one squeezed in here this band is honest to god american rock and roll uh the name hollis uh, The name is Hollis Brown, named after a Bob Dylan song, The Ballad of Hollis Brown, which everyone knows. Um, These guys, if you haven't heard of them, you've been under a rock because these guys have been – have several CDs. They've been working with films. they worked with Michael Keaton. They worked with Willem Dafoe and Matt Dillon in the film Bad Back, yeah, Bad T uh, DirecTV's Kingdom, Showtime's Shameless, MTV's Real World. If you've got anything to do with any of that, or seen any of these, there you've heard the music. Also, they've done online ad campaigns. Abercrombie and Fish. They've toured with America, in America and Europe as headliners, and but also supporting such bands as the Zombies. Jackie Green, Heartless Bastards, Rich Robinson from my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia, the Black Crows, uh, Jesse Mellon, and I'm going to say touring with the zombies. You know, a few weeks ago, I had my friend Cindy DeSilva on. She wrote the book, The Odyssey and Oracle, The Zombies and Words and Music. She's also a manager for the zombies and for this band tonight, and she's a good friend of Madame Perry's. I I gotta tell you, I feel so lucky. I know the coolest people in the world. So let's go ahead and open up the curtains and the beaded curtains and bring in here a, a very good looking musician. Come on in. Come on in to Madame Perry Salon, Mike, and introduce yourself hello. to the gang. <laughs> hello,
1: hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs>
2: I'm doing great. Help me make sure I got your name, Mike Montali.
1: Yeah, you got it. That's right. Mike.
2: Oh, good. All You've right. You've been doing so, this a while, you tell know. Tell us. <laughs> got a vowel at the end. It's Italian, and I've got some Sicilian in me, so I figured that might be close.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: And uh, let's see. So, tell us about. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of dark here in Madame Perry's Salon, so I can't see if you brought anybody else in here with you yet.
1: But uh, tell
2: us about it's the me. band, the it's members.
1: It. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. Right. We're, we're an American rock and roll band. We started in New York City in uh, 2009. Me and uh, lead guitar player John Bonilla kind of started the band in pretty much it's dad's garage there in Queens, New York, where we started writing songs and listening to music and uh, figuring out that, you know, we had a a common dream of of making music that might be heard by other people and liked by a a large audience. So we started cranking away in in Queens, New York in 2009. And we started sneaking into clubs and and playing and, and building a little reputation around the city. And then we, started venturing out uh you know weekend troops Philadelphia and DC and all around the area you know by now I guess it doesn't feel like it but uh, well some days it feels like it but uh today you know I guess uh almost uh, eight or nine years later we've been uh doing over 100 shows every year in the last couple of years in about 10 or 11 countries and really um spreading the word and having a good time and uh, it's a five-piece rock band right now and um uh, We've got uh, Andrew Zaino as our drummer, amazing drummer. Uh, Adam Bach is the keyboard player and uh, backing vocalist, uh, great singer and great harmony man. And uh, John's the guitar player. And uh, Brian Courage is our bass player from Long Island. And we're doing it, you know.
2: Oh, Long Island. I spent a lot of time there. Uh, that's a fun place. And it's a great place to see us to spawn a lot of musicians from there. Uh, Long Island. I don't know what y'all got in the water up there, but or what they have, but it's it's pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah I think it's a bit of so. depression. Exactly.
1: Maybe maybe it's a bit of depression <laughs> that spawns <you> know, <laughs> the talent. You
2: know, know. <laughs> well, whatever works, you know. You can just kind of let it take you under, or you can do something exactly. about it,
1: constructive and <laughs> exactly. Well, you know something about that in Atlanta. A lot of great, a lot of great musicians from Atlanta, right? I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, we do. We have a lot of great folks, and you know, I think sometimes we tend to get a little spoiled in Atlanta. We get so used to it, all the people, and, uh, and then you go somewhere else, you know, the, um, you know, you realize how many people come from Atlanta have fans all over the world or all over the country, and yeah, we are very spoiled like that. And fortunate, you know. Um, so, about what year did you this this Configuration, this particular group of Hollis Brown get started how long ago? About what year?
0: Uh, I would and say I've got a reason
2: for about,
1: asking that. So. Sure, probably about two to well, we put our first, you know, actual record out. By the time we got the songs and we got a little following and we got enough, we saved enough money to make a record and, and get it out the right way. It took us a few years. So our first record came out in 2013. And so I would say
0: around
1: that time was when we really started, you know, with the current lineup, really started grinding away. So I'd say about four years now.
2: Oh, my gosh, four years? And you guys have been uh, – uh, you've, you've toured, not, toured not only the U.S.,
1: but Europe? Yeah, we've been five European a little, little European heady, kind of forms. like
2: a fantasy life? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been
1: kind of a whirlwind, you know, a lot of ups and downs and a lot of major shows in front of thousands of people and a lot of crappy shows in front of t- t- one person, you know what I mean? It's kind of been, it's been a roller coaster, but we're, we're <laughs> en- enjoying the ride, you know, and, uh, so about four years, yeah, a lot, a lot has happened, you know, when you, it's funny, you know, I'm always like the type of person who is looking ahead and kind of. Being hard on everybody around me and wanting to get to that next level, but when you hear something like you did, where you, you list off a bunch of the accomplishments and a bunch of places we've been and things we've done, you know, it, it kind of it, it doesn't feel like it even happens in a way.
2: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. You know, so many people tend to, like you said, that you can have crappy gigs and you can have great gigs, and sometimes it's maybe you think it's, it's you guys at all, or sometimes it's maybe the crowd, uh, either. It's, it's almost like, it's or they're just not getting it, or something, or they're just uh, there's all kinds of things that go on that you know people that haven't done it have no idea, um, and they're dealing with different club owners. Actually, here's here's an expression. Here's something I'll ask you about. This cost, um, you know, you know Bill Maher, the comedian, TV show host. Sure. And. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, he started as a stand-up comic, and I remember reading his first book uh, a few years back, and this was back when my, I started playing out live, uh, doing a jazz combo. And um, he said, so in the book is based was based on him and his friends, just with different names, out doing stand-up comedy and touring. And, you know, sometimes you get a great crowd they love you, sometimes they don't. you had to deal with club owners, and he says, people... And I think this goes through sometimes in music. Not always, but sometimes. He said, um, you know, people that have never had to gig, never gigged for a living, and never had to deal with club owners, you know, they don't know what it's like. He says, let me put it this way. Jack Ruby was a club owner, and I think they all see him as a role model.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you know, it's – you got to be a little crazy to get into the music business, that's for sure. You know, <laughs> that's, that's all I can say about it. But you know, it's funny because I, you know, we meet so many types of people, but a lot of a lot of the people we have met have been really, you know, good, honest, you know, people who just love and appreciate music. And so, we've been kind of fortunate in that. In that, not all the time, but a lot of it's been really supportive and really stuck by us. You know, like. The first time coming through town when there's you know a few people there and then you know and then to come back and then there's a hundred or two hundred and then it's and then more and then it's kind of like you know you you build something that that really connects with people and, and to be able to do it in all different cities all different countries so it's it's pretty extraordinary when you think about it that way you know I mean day to day as a musician sometimes you know you don't think about it because you're just looking for the next release, whether it's artistically or financially or whatever, you know what I mean? But, you know, you, you, the people I've been fortunate enough to meet doing this, you know, it's it's unlike any other profession, and it's a really uh, a unique kind of lifestyle, and, and I don't lose sight of that, you know.
2: So your, your band is named Hollis Brown, after the song, the Dylan song. Uh, how did you, the Battle of Hollis Brown, how did you, and why did you guys choose that? What does it mean to you?
1: Well, you know, at this point I almost don't know. But we were just trying. We were trying for so long. <laughs> I remember just trying to figure out a freaking name for that we could all agree upon, and nobody could. You know, we had so many names, this and that and the other thing. And then, and then one day we were just like, man, we just aren't getting anywhere. You know, uh, let's just try and see. Like, okay, the Rolling Stones took their name from a Muddy Water song, so let's just. Maybe right. pick of an artist yeah. that we want to identify with and, you know, maybe pick a song from that artist that we can all agree on and we'll get this show on the road so we can actually go out and book a show and stuff, you know. So we threw on all these artists and Bob Dylan came up because, you know, we're a songwriting first kind of band. We really believe in, in songs being the, the, the start of, of where the sound comes from and how we connect with people and how, you know, and so we thought, who's the best songwriter? Well, you know, how Bob Dylan. Let's go with some Dylan songs. So we threw a bunch of those out, and then we couldn't agree on anything again. And then finally, somebody said, well, how about Hollis Brown? You know, it's kind of uh, it's got a ring to it because we're a group, but it also gives us one identity. And also, you know, me and John, we, we went to high school right around Hollis, Queens. So we're like, you know, it's kind of got, that's kind of a little something to it. Or maybe we were all just, you know, tired and and frustrated. i don't you pick something and stick with it. And, uh, you know, it's for better or worse, you know, we stuck with it. And, you know, most of the time people think I'm Hollis Brown, or You know, hey, people come up at the show and pass me notes. and say, oh, hey, Hollis, hey, Hollis, you know. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Maybe I'll legally change my name.
2: All right. Started right now, right now on the air, he's changing his name. Give, give me a lawyer in here or something. So Yeah,
1: uh, Hollis Brown, it was, uh... it's got a ring to it. It's better than uh, Montali.
2: <laughs> so, no, it doesn't. Uh,
1: oh, well, so, we play in Italy, see. though. Montali really helps us. We play in Italy, and Montali, it? yeah, uh, that helps us along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah yeah
2: because you know as as i've learned from your uh from your bios you you and Jonathan Bonilla uh lead guitar and who writes with you uh, you're both second generation immigrants you are uh, yours italian american his puerto rican american uh, so yeah I would imagine that when you do tour like i guess that does it is a big connection in other countries from your playing let me ask you too aren't you you know you've just you've done so much with films. You have music placements in, uh, uh, you've got one in the worldwide trailer for Michael Keaton's film, The Founder. And then the thing with Matt Dill- uh Willem Dafoe, and Matt Dillon's Bad Country. Talk to me about that, getting placements and how that feels and, and what's that like when you tell your friends or do your, does it make your parents, uh, does it give them the ability to show the family, look, my son's got cred. He's helped.
1: Right, yeah. Well, it, it's, for so us it's kinda of happened in, in all different types of ways. Um we just have been lucky enough to make some friends who have uh helped us along in some of them and, and the other thing was also we scored a um a publishing admin deal uh about a year or so ago and with Raleigh Music and um they have uh been really great and really helped the band, um get on, you know, champion the band and getting us on some TV and some film stuff. And uh, we've just been hitting the ground, you know, and, and the thing about it is you never know who you're playing to, you know, like I said before, sometimes you show up in a show and there might be five people there, but you know what, one of those people a year later might come around with some opportunity, you know what I mean? It's kind of a strange thing oh. to to think about you know when you're in the moment and you see a handful of people in the crowd and you're just still giving it everything you have that maybe hey a year and a half from now this is going to land us a huge you know tv trailer or something so it it kind of you know it kind of just happens from word of mouth and from people discovering you and and uh releasing music and keeping your name out there and also we have a pretty good team around us who really believe in the band and and um has been pitching us the right way and We do all types of weird, like, uh, summits. We'll show up at, like, you know, they have, like, these events where a bunch of music supervisors go and talk about it, and we'll be, like, a featured artist and play our songs and meet people and network. So it's really about just getting out there and networking and meeting people and not being afraid to just, you know, give everything you have and and play to anybody who wants to hear you and pass your stuff around because spreading the word is what, is what does it, and 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 it's not, you know, you as you know in this industry, it's not like, you know, one one plus two equals three. You know what I mean? It, it kind of takes. Sometimes it takes a long way to get to three. You know what I mean? You got to go, you know, like uh, yeah.
2: You
1: know, uh, one plus eight minus well, six. You know, it's like kind of a weird thing. So you just gotta keep <laughs> chipping away and and. uh, and uh, you know, hopefully, certain things kind of align with the hard work, and and, and the quality of the music is also, you know, it's the right place, right time stuff. A lot of the times, you've got to put yourself in situations. <laughs>
2: Well, that's true. I think, you know, you've said it all, like a pro, which is why why you're where you are. You know, it is quality of music, quality of performance, appreciating the audience, no matter who's there, how many. You know, I'm an entertainment publicist as well as, you know, I've, I've got a jazz combo. And I understand when people, I've heard other people say, well, it doesn't really matter how we sound, it's hardly anybody there. I go, okay, first of all, somebody gets is there. Okay, even if there's only three or four people at a gig, you know, they got dressed and got in their car and spent gasoline and spent time to come and see you. And they didn't have to. You know, they got, got 50,000 channels on TV or on Spotify. They could just sit at home and be entertained. But they came to see you. You know, give them the best you can do because, first of all, if you do good, they'll tell their friends. And if you do bad, they'll tell everybody. But also, you're right. You never know. There's never any particular way. And it's it can sometimes be right place, right time. And if I can't tell you how many people who have been on this show, some of them people I mentioned earlier, like, like Mike Vitale, if it hadn't been for, I think, Ted Nugent walking into a bar and seeing him play and pulling him out, you know, to play with him, and then that got his career going. Or, um right. Yeah, same thing with, um, I don't know if you know, do you know Chasm Sultan, who plays with uh, Utopia, Todd Rundgren? Oh, he yeah, 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 yeah. John Rundgren. Jett, yeah. Yeah, okay, so uh, Chasm's a bass player, and he said, you know, I think he was in Long Island gigging somewhere playing for someone, and somebody said, hey, Todd Rungren's looking for a bass player. Do you want to audition? You know, and he got on the bus, went up there, it changed his life, you know, everything. You never know. Who's around, yeah, and I think, an, an, I I think another
1: thing that's um, another thing that is, is mm-hmm. important is kind of staying in it, you know what I mean, like not mhm, you know you meet so many talented people who <clears> um, you know they they kind of maybe quit before they you know you just kind of like if you really believe in what you're doing and if you're really an artist it's kind of important to keep creating and, and you never know where it's going to go.
2: Yeah, that's true, and you, you're right. You never know. I mean, and um, it's like I've told some people that that stop. You know, some people think, oh, I'm going to start off big, and they don't want to go through the real work to get you somewhere. But I, I I totally agree with you, Mike. And I've told, and if you stop, if you just give up, I have a belief, and I have my own theory that if you have something in your soul like this to do, like if you played. Guitar, I don't know how many instruments you play, but I'm guessing you play more than guitar. You're a songwriter. You're a singer. You're a performer. I think if you have the talent and the gift and enjoy doing this and you stop, I really believe that that a part of someone's soul starts to wither. I know that sounds kind of heavy, but I think if you have that in you, yeah, it makes a difference. Whether you write or paint or play music, or, or build things, or create things. I think there's just something that you know you were meant to do. That's your heart's uh, desire and the plan for you. And you guys, apparently, you've got the right combination. And and it does make a combination. You know, you have to all get along. You're gonna. You probably sometimes. I don't know. to imagine you all get along, and then maybe now and then kind of have a little brotherly spat, and then having mm. fun. But it takes a combination, and I think you do have. And this is why. And and just what four years you guys are have got the career you've got because of your attitudes and your persistence and and uh, the wisdom you're sharing in it i have got a song run right to you tell us about that that's something is that
1: you just put that out or is it coming new yeah this is our latest um it's the latest song that we released and um it really turned a corner for us, you know. We have put a few records out of original songs and we're kind of in the process of making our really third album of real full album of original stuff and uh we had this song and we really liked it and we were you know, we decided to just release it as a single and it's been kinda of strange because I feel like this one song has kind of done more for our careers than maybe whole records have. So it goes to show you what's going on with the music industry, um, uh, and, uh, it's been pretty unique for us in that way. And so we're real proud of it. It's a song about, you know, kind of the stuff we talked about, which is, um, just getting out there and doing it and, uh, and not giving up sometimes. And, uh, it's got a, a quality, it's, it's got a quality about love. It's got a New York city is definitely in the, in the attitude of it. And, uh, we wanted to really make a real rock and roll song and, uh, it's called Run Right to You.
2: Oh, yeah, and this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite songs of yours. I've been playing it every day lately. And so... Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. let's Let's hit it now. Run Right to You. That's what rock and roll is supposed to sound like. Run right to you, Hollis Brown. And I noticed that has been, has got over 97,000 views already, the official video of it, on, on YouTube.
1: That's not too Yeah. Yeah, we got lucky with that one. Yeah. Well, you know, the, we put that out and uh, we got on a, a, a cool rock playlist. You know, I think the big thing uh, with today's stuff is getting on playlists. You know whether it's Spotify oh, to get yeah. the streams up or YouTube to get the views up. So we got on a really good playlist, and it really mm-hmm. did help us. Plus, we had some friends, you know, getting friends to share it, and, and, and really, it's all it's all yeah. community-based kind of thing. So we've been we've been doing you know, it some well, time. So we've, we've got it. Yeah.
2: Let me ask you. This. Oh, by the way, I was going to say, um, if you want to talk. Mike Montali of Hollis Brown. You can call in 646 716 That's 646-716-9922. It is a toll-free call in the continental U.S. And I'm uh, waiting for you right now. Before, the, before I bring this call, I just want to say, you know, I know sometimes people don't like to be compared to people, but when I first heard that song with a group, one of the things I like about Run Right to You is you feel it. You feel like you're right there with the energy. You feel you can feel the. If you've ever been to New York, you can feel it. You can feel the air, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and the streets running, and there's things in it like, I'm gonna change my clothes. Gonna meet you in the city. You know, you talk to this guy is like getting off work, and I'm gonna change cause this is a special. I'm gonna change my, you know, I'm gonna get dressed for the night. I'm gonna meet you. We're gonna sit. This is planned. This is gonna be the night. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. Uh, gonna play it for you. Got a song. Gonna play it for you. You feel like you're, like you're. Almost a voyeur or running with this person, you know, getting ready. But do you also wonder are you fans or have you ever listened to Eric Burden and the Animals?
1: Of course. Oh, yeah. Really? Because I've seen Eric Burden that, and that. Actually. You are the first oh, really? person ever. Com- yeah, I've never gotten that before. I've gotten a lot of different people, but never the Animals. Great, great, amazing band. You know, love that band.
2: Oh. Just, uh, oh, good, because I do too today You always want to be s- sensitive to somebody But if I tell them it sounds like this and they don't like But I really had a good feel of <laughs> there's just a raw, young, eric burden in the animals in there So,
1: yeah Wow so, gotta all, gotta we have got to go a back call, and listen again have, there.
2: Uh, <laughs> Really? We have uh, <laughs> Duffy Odomir calling in from Adel, Georgia Hey, Duffy um you're on the air with Mary.
0: Hey, he's one of our regular callers. Hey, and with uh, right. Mike Montale Hello, Mike. Hey, Dougie um, How you doing? Uh, pretty, pretty good. I love your sound. I love. Uh, I, uh, I've listened to um, several of your albums over and over in a, in a playlist, on, on, uh, mostly on <laughs> Amazon Music and uh every cut is just masterful you uh you have a maturity that's uh and uh uh knowledge of what you do is just uh, solid it, it's it's um, it's great stuff and i i think it's uh, i'll be amazed if you don't go very far with it it's it's just um, it's great and it makes me dance around the apartment. All right. <laughs> that's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's great stuff. You know, and you know, some and songs I can make hear... you cry.
1: Some songs will make yeah. you cry. Yeah. If you can make a dance, uh, that's a good thing, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean everything about it, the your lyrics and uh I, I know you've had uh, other people uh written songs for other great people and um uh, uh, and a lot of people uh, a lot of important people like yourself uh, putting you in in film and and um you can tell your influences must be uh, uh must be some from some of the great people that you've listened to probably growing up and uh, one there's a couple of things about about that that so interesting when I read about you. I I read read an article that was in uh, uh, Berg magazine online, and it talks about uh, a couple of things. Uh, One thing was how you and John, uh, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, were kind of uh, obsessed with the uh, Velvet Underground. Loaded album And I listened to you <laughs> I listen to your uh, Versions Of those songs And, and you just add, some, add So much to it You don't take anything away from it and, But you uh, Enhance it like a tribute is, is supposed to And I noticed that the tracks Are exactly the same As the album but backwards That's right (laughs) That's right
1: Well thank you uh, Thank you for the kind uh, words I I I really appreciate it
0: I had not listened to that album in a long time And I went back and listened to it And uh, it's just amazing What you you did with it
1: Thanks uh, Yeah you know that record was one of the first Records that me and John Really bonded over You know we both came from we'd known each other in high school for a a couple of years, but we were coming from different places. And then we both went uh, away to college for one year and we both said, you know, we really should be in New York trying to start a band and make music. So we came back and, uh, we were kind of the only other people that were into the, well, you know, trying that idea. So we kind of fell in with each other and, and that was one of the first real records we bonded over. It was kind of like, um, Ziggy Stardust was one. The Velvet Underground Loaded Record was another one, and uh, um, um, Frank Zappa, I think, was a, another one. Freak Out. And those three yeah. records, we just, oh, yeah, you know, yeah over and over. And we said, you know, we got to write songs like this. And We always joked about doing the Loaded Record in whole, you know, in its entirety as like a surprise show, just maybe like as an encore or something at one of our shows, just like come out and get a whole loaded record. We never got a chance to do it, you
0: know. We
1: never got a chance to do it. But um Lou Reed of the passing away, who's a big New York songwriter and um uh, mm-hmm. we got him we got invited to be a part of this tribute that they were doing for him and so everybody was doing one song, you know, like a couple of really, really yeah. famous artists. Everybody was doing one song and we just said, Screw it, let's just get the whole loaded record we'll yeah. else, and we'll just do it, you know, and just and we wound up going, you know, we wound up going. And this is something we were talking about before, is that it ran so late. There were so many artists. and We wound up going on last, which was about 2 in the morning. It was like a Monday night or something. And, you know, there was not, there was maybe 25 people there. But we did the whole oh my record. my god! Yeah, everybody kind of left. And we did the whole record. But you know what? The next day, for some reason, it was written about in a lot of different places. You know, like Rolling Stones wow. wrote about it or like... Uh, magazine wrote about it and so we got a call from our label Alive, Natural, Alive Records at the time who we just put our first record out and we got a call from them and said hey since you guys know the songs and you're getting a little buzz maybe you could just go in the studio and record these songs and we'll do a fun like record store day <laughs> release just like a niche <laughs> a niche release So we did it and we said absolutely let's ah! go so we went in the studio we did the whole thing in two days the whole entire record bad all no. live and we put it out and it was supposed to be only 500 copies printed up total just like a real small low-key release and like mm-hmm. kind of one-off pressing just for fun for record store day just to have you know just to keep putting music out and uh it's sold out and it you know we can't we keep pressing it up so it, it's probably become our most successful thing we've done, and we have <laughs> We wow. can't escape it now everywhere we go so it's, and, uh, <laughs> Somebody just—you uh, to do loaded yeah,
0: it's the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Do, the whole, do the whole. album. Uh, we, we can't <laughs> escape it. but well, you know, that's it's part of who, part of our, part of the history of our band and how we came together. And the songs on that record are so good. So, uh, thanks for listening. Oh yeah,
0: it's great. And uh, the uh, the other thing is. The Bo Diddley connection, how did that happen? That is that's an amazing oh, yeah. story. And you ended up playing it was it his actual square red square guitar?
1: Yeah, so the Bo
0: Didley. I about. Mean, I grew about, up uh, you know um I grew up a long time ago. <laughs> I'm I'm from the pre Bo Diddley days and uh the early Bo Didley was yeah, uh, Bo Diddley was a was a favorite of every, everybody loved Bo Diddley and uh, all that oh, yeah. song you do that nobody had ever heard before, that is amazing, what a great
1: well, great song you. that
0: is Yeah, uh, that song uh, that came
1: about, you know uh, John is actually a really, really big Bo Diddley fan, more than you know, like a very, very big fan John, the guitar player in our band, and We played a show in New Jersey, and it was uh, a house concert called Live at Drew's, and it's a pretty big house concert, series that a a friend of ours named uh, Drew Eckman runs, and we were doing a show, and the head of the Bo Diddley estate came, and uh, her name is Margot Lewis, and she was uh, Bo Diddley's organ player for 30 years, and manager, and she just came to the (gasps) whoa! and... um, yeah, mm-hmm. and After after um, You know, so after the show We got to you know, we played for like Two hours, and then after the show we got to Talking, and she's a very nice lady And uh, she said, you know, I'm so-and-so And so immediately John Was like, a, you know
0: A bee A, a, a,
1: a bee of honey kind of So he hung up by mm-hmm. her. and they just, they just Got to talking, you know, got to talking About all these stories and stuff and I was kind of you know, had to do other things. Sometimes when I get off stage, it's a little, it's a little like crazy, you know, so I got to like do other stuff. But he was talking to her, and uh, and they got around to where she had said that she had some unfinished material that Bo Diddley was working on before, you know, in a vault somewhere. And so he got the courage to, you know, say, hey, can I hear some of it? And, you know, we thought that this would never happen. But then, you know, I kept in touch in a few months of. You know, prodding, saying, "Hey, can you send us some stuff? We really want to hear this stuff." And eventually, we just got an email with like this lo-fi recording of some instrumental track when Bo Diddley, you know, was, was working on. And we were just like, "Wow! Like nobody's ever heard this before. This is unbelievable." Oh, we were good. actually on the Roof oh, Roof tour, and we let him listen to it. And backstage one day, just like, "Hey, check this out!" And you know, we were all like geeking out over it. And so. um Then you know, John, his credit got the got uh, the the guts to say, "Hey, you know, this is not finished, but maybe we can finish this and try and have a release of some kind." And it's something that I think the estate has been thinking about doing for a long time. Apparently, there's a lot of these songs, and they're looking maybe for artists down the road to finish them for a compilation or something of some kind. I I don't know exactly, but I, I felt like we were a little bit of a guinea pig. And so we said, sure, let's do it. So we kind of got in the studio with them, and uh, we recorded it all in one day in Brooklyn. And we, and the tr- on the track that you hear on the final thing, Rain Dance, uh, is Bo Diddley. He's playing guitar on a song. That chugging guitar is Oh
0: yeah, playing. it says I, I you know, saw and so one we one it place and said featuring Bo Diddley, and I wondered, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he's actually on the
0: tour. Really
1: amazing, oh, and a songwriter, and a fan of the blues, and a fan of, you know, um, authentic kind of inspirational, innovative music. And for us, it was just mind blowing. And then we we debuted this uh, the song at the House of Blues in New Orleans, and I got to wear the uh, I wore the, the the square guitar, the red one, the Red Bowdilly square guitar. And John mm. got a chance to wear the other guitar, which is ZZ um, um, Top's uh, guitar. Oh, what the hell was the guy's name? I can't remember his name right now. Um, you know who it is, don't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So he has a bottle. bottle yeah, it's a, he has uh-huh. a model of the guitar. It's not a Bodelli square. It's like a different variation. So John got to wear that one. I got to wear the Bodelli one. Is it really like a V or cool. something? He played well, a, v a V guitar. Yeah, it's like
0: um,
1: it's it's kind of an odd shade thing. You could look it up. It's pretty cool. So John was playing that one, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was uh, it was really amazing. Billy Gibbons. Oh, yeah. Billy really really given Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it was really a, kind of an incredible journey to create that song and uh, really a once-in-a-lifetime kind of collaboration for us, especially, you know, as an artist that we had uh, one record out at the time and we weren't like, you know, we had a decent following in Europe but not like, or, you know, just really starting out and, and this was a couple of years ago and right after our first record came out. So for them to really trust us and and think we could do justice was just a huge nod and a huge honor to
0: yeah. try and fill
1: those shoes. Yeah, you know, but we couldn't pass it up, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so, oh, my gosh. It's, no, it's no, like I don't providential. Know uh, it's too synchronistic to have just – I mean, you feel like Bo Diddley came down and put his finger on you or something. You know? Oh, just, wow. Oh, it's <laughs> just a, an amazing – Amazing event, and and the song is so good. The song is just thank you. Rain dance is just really, really good. The lyrics and the uh, the arrangement and that Bo feel. You must have it.
1: you must have planted this call. You must have planted this call You, two you know, I was wearing I the heckler on the front line. You know. <laughs> 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 No, get actually, of let me him.
2: tell you. Duffy, Duffy's regular, and sometimes he co-hosts with me. I've known him a long time. He's a um, he's been a long time actor in Atlanta. In fact, he did a couple of seasons on uh, as, as co-host of the show with Fred Willard on Comedy Central. So he can't oh, have, he can't amazing. be funny, but he is totally legit here. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Completely amazing. legit here. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know some things. There I mean, I know go. what I'm yeah, so, talking about when I talk about so it. I Otherwise, say, I don't talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> I use a lot of – most of the time I don't so, open yeah. my mouth unless I'm yeah, enthralled. So,
2: so let me ask – Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Duffy. I'm sorry, hon, but let me say – I, I agree with you, too. I, I would think that if, if there's ever any time that you ever – Speaking about Providence, if uh, there was ever any time when you thought, am I doing the right thing? I think this will be where you, okay, I'm in the right place. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because here I am, you know.
1: That's right.
2: Doing a song so yeah. deadly,
1: so you Yeah, that's just something that uh, will always hold close, you know, it's something it happens. So it's pretty, it's pretty you know, it's like I was saying, like it seems, you know, when you're living day to day and you're living in the moment, sometimes you're, you know, you're working on the next artistic thing Or you're working on the next say, Chapter or the next page Or whatever And, and you know you, you, When you hear people say Some of the things they've gotten to do It's it's almost kind of surreal up there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm Yeah That's
0: magnificent And every, every album has a different Feel to it It's almost like a They're almost like concept Albums yeah, well, uh, we've been
1: trying to we got we've got to, try to do that intentionally. We've been trying to
0: grow, and I think the next
1: record is going to have some different flavor, also, because we've never been. Our whole thing is writing great songs. That's the hopefully hopefully the thing that that you know binds all the records together. But we never we're always chasing something. I think as individuals and collectively as artists, you know, we never wanted to be a band like ACDC, and which is my first concert, by the way, at Madison Square Garden unbelievable Mm -hmm. but we never wanted to be a band that just made the same record over and over and over and over you know what i mean it's uh, it's yeah it's fun for us and 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 i think we have a little bit of a versatility that we can showcase especially because we're a band that really plays our instruments that we can take we can go like a rock route. we can do an americana roots kind of thing we can take it a little country we can take it more r&b we can kind of float around uh, all the great kind of you know the blues all the basis of all the great American kind of music so I think it's it's a journey for us to try and and also the recording process you know we want to get better at it and, and elevate ourselves and make better sound you know like the first record we made is I like all the records we made for different reasons but I think that that's why I like them because they're all a little different and, and we're done differently and different kind of songs and and just really trying to grow and, and stretch and not just settle. Like, hey, we can kind of put this kind of Americana song together pretty easy Let's just keep doing that and bank on it. You know, like yeah, I don't know. That just seems like mm-hmm. doesn't yeah, interest, no, can, It doesn't interest me.
0: You can you can kind of tell that when you. I noticed that when I was listening to Three Shots, it's it, it's got that same kind of. Uh, um I don't know American kind of only in America type sound to right. it. And then you talk about death of an actress and and with John Wayne and and then you've got Rain Dance of course in there and uh, uh, Wait for Me Virginia. It's it's got a it's got a great feel to it that uh, and then you. Uh, Listen to Ride on the Train, and it's uh, it's it's <laughs> you're taking us in another direction uh, entirely. And it, it's they're kind of like little, I don't know, movie like things, you know. I was gonna say, like little or short stories because it's really good, really Because
2: great. That's how I felt. that's how I, yeah, that's how I feel when it's Run Right to You, you know. I feel like that's a thing, and then this guy is you feel every emotion because he can't wait to get off work and change, get to the city and he's going to play this and just the feel this is coming from his heart. Yeah. Every, you guys, I think that's, do you feel like that's one reason why you're so popular? Because you make people feel something. You make them feel that they're watching, that they've got an intimate moment with you or maybe
0: some yeah, of the things I, agree I can with definitely that see. Yeah, I agree
2: with that. And some of the things that you write about, yeah. And the way they sing it that people feel like
1: you're, you're, you're here, you're telling this story. Yeah. You to... Well, you know, I think uh, connection is important in any kind of way, you know, and, and uh, I've, I've, as a lyricist have always been, you know, I always wanted to be a writer. My whole, ever since I was young, whether it be, you oh, know, I, 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 I would write like poetry or short stories or plays. And it seemed like I wasn't very good at those other kind of things, but I could write <laughs> when I, whenever I would write a song, you know, it kind of had a, a little story to it that kind of came off a little better than some of the other stuff I was writing. So it's an so it's an hour that I kept working toward because I was like, hey, maybe I can actually write a good song one of these days. And so I think the songs that I have lyrically, anyway, you know, I, it's um, they're all kind of stories, and some are more personal than others. But I always, especially on the Three Star track, I always wanted. The songs to be about something You know what I mean and I think that that's Very yeah. important You know a lot of times mm-hmm. Especially in pop music today You just get like Filler 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 lines
0: Of just you know um, Yeah
1: And everybody wants them To do music, something
0: you know. Like they did You know Do Do another one Like you did this one You know <laughs> And it
1: Yeah
0: Yeah uh, just it, fortunate it, you know, it, It's fortunate That people who Support right, us yeah. Kind
1: of like Yeah and people Who have supported us Just maybe taking a chance, you know, I think we've kind of worked on our audience a little bit to maybe give us a little leeway to not, you know, expect what's happening next in a way. And so I, I yeah. think that, that's, that's kind of important. Like a lot of my favorite artists have all kind of do that, you know, like look at Neil Young. I mean, that guy has made so many bad records, oh, yeah. crazy, but you know what? He just goes for it and he's unapologetic and whatever he's feeling, he creates and, and, Sometimes it's the most amazing music you've ever heard, and sometimes you can't get through a minute of the song, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, so I think <laughs> not that we want to be a band where people can't get through a minute of our song, but I think you know there's something to be said about just being authentic and trying to write what you want to say, and people maybe respond to that and connect to it, hopefully, you know. Because mm-hmm. I'm not sitting down writing a song thinking, oh, how can I get this. Lyric on this TV show. How All can right. I get yeah. a if that's gonna like be relatable? Yeah, you can tell. No,
0: you can tell that. I try you know, and just write it about. Something I'm and, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. The band, I think like, he's yeah. got a great potential to be one of the great lyricists of the age. It's just uh, uh, each one is so well thought out. You know, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think about reading. First time I read W. H. Auden uh, in a collection, it was like uh, it's so well thought out, and uh, and I I think kind of in the same way. And like with Bob Dylan, I you you get you get a flow that uh, that's a that's an entire experience, and you, you feel like you've been on a, a journey.
1: Absolutely, so yeah, great. a lot of those songs, yeah. for sure And, you know,
0: also, I'm lucky because
1: the band is so good, you know The band on him is really good, and, and we take it up a notch You know, if I bring a song, it's just taken up a notch by the band, you know I, I really believe that, so uh-huh.
0: Okay.
2: Well, you know, we've only got a few minutes left with you, and actually, I've been quiet over here not because I've enjoyed listening to you guys, but also I was I was trying to download uh, Rain Dance to play, but I, I just couldn't get it going here. However, <laughs> uh, you've got some other things coming up. You um, you got the West Coast tour and so forth. Tell us tell us
0: what's
1: happening soon. So.
0: Yeah, we got a people bunch can of people coming When there. you're going to come We're to their in, town.
1: Yeah, we're playing up in Providence. I think
0: they show us all there. We're opening for a
1: really nice band called Deer Tick and then we mm-hmm. uh travel across the country, do a bunch of West Coast dates and then we're gonna take the month of August and uh the month of September and, and really get in the studio and really work out some brand new material. So hopefully by the end of October we're like have a new record and we're starting to plan for next year where we can uh Get on the road again and bring some new music and a new show and a new push, and just keep on doing it so I think recording's been too long you know we've it's been a a little a little while, and we're all getting the itch to to get to get some new music down, so I think that's what's next for us really, so we're excited about it
2: so all right, so where are you gonna come down south?
1: to Atlanta yeah, to down. Asheville
0: to, to back and We're Florida. Just We're
1: just in Florida uh in Decatur we just played in Decatur too long ago actually probably in uh really? May May I think we played in Decatur in May yeah we did Decatur okay, Festival. Okay now I'm upset and uh oh the and, and, uh, and I think Yeah, and then uh, we did a um uh, in 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 Office show for something called Six man I don't know if you know what that is in Atlanta.
0: Yes, they do, do a lot of
1: yes, yeah yeah, they do like the the, the cool cruises and the rocks and the rock and roll cruises and stuff, so we went down there and uh
0: yeah, so we were just in Atlanta, maybe uh
1: first week of June, I think something like that. We'll be back.
2: All right. we'll come back around. Oh, good. We got, okay. And don't forget, North Carolina, Florida, Alabama, you know, we all love
0: music down here in the yeah. South, so. Absolutely. Yeah, we can get, to, we can get there. To, in the Southeast, we can, we'll get people. there. Sure.
2: Okay, so. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so watch out for Hollis Brown. Um, you know, I've got their website and all their social media contacts on mine. Anything that's Madam Perry's, I've got, you know, I'll put you guys on the Instagram, the Twitter, uh, Facebook. Everything I've got, i put you on, and we'll share all of your, everywhere to contact yeah. you guys and know where you're playing. So let me do a shout-out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, let me do a shout-out to everybody, because I'm so happy to be talking to them. Mike Mentali, uh, here, but I also want to shout out some, some love to Jonathan Bonilla and Andrew Zanal, Adam Bach, Brian Courage. You guys are going to come back on next time. You, you There will be a next time, Hollis Brown, because we That's just right. really got started. Absolutely. All right. And this is something yeah, that I have quick. never, ever, ever done. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Cindy said when she was on. She was. She goes, that was so fast. Uh, I've never done this before, but since I don't have the other song loaded up. I'm gonna end. I'm gonna go out with uh, just a, a
1: bit of "Run Right to You" and why not? It's a great song.
2: Hollis Brown. Give Give them your website address.
1: Yeah, HollisBrown.com. You follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're everywhere, so just check us out, Hollis Brown. And keep an eye out for us. We'll be coming to town soon.
2: Great. I like it. I like it. HollisBrown.com. Look it up. It can't be easier, and you'll see it on all of my social media, too. And, uh,.